Welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why in how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio. Thank you for joining me today. Today, I want to talk about how not to be yourself. That's right. I am suggesting to you. No, I'm telling you, you don't want to be yourself. Now, let me get into this topic. This is a very fascinating topic, and I think I'm going to do multiple podcasts on this don't be yourself topic, and here's why. Let's begin from the beginning. You know, I always tell people that in order to sell more effectively, you have to be yourself. In order to sell more effectively, I always said, man, you have to be yourself. But I now see the error in my way of suggesting that piece of advice. And what, in fact, I might go as far as saying that that piece of advice to be yourself is one of the worst things you can do to yourself. Allow me to explain before you pull back. So hang in there with me. See, in many cases, it's the self that is holding you back from selling or persuading anyone to take, take action. Why? Because your, quote, self, unquote, is damaged by bad programming that you've had over the years. Let me walk through this. See, your self, I'll just say your self in quotations, is the reason you don't take action in many cases. Your self is the reason you won't pick up that phone and call somebody. Your self is the reason you can't close a sale. Why? Because again, your self doesn't believe in itself and therefore it can't assist you in closing any sale. Again, let me go deeper into this. Hang in there with me. So what's the solution if the self, which is you, it's the only self we have, how do you fix it? How do you fix yourself? Because only when you fix the self are you able to achieve your goals and aspirations. In other words, if the self, you, the self, isn't ready or willing to understand what's going on with itself, in other words, no matter how much training I give you, it won't matter. Now, we've heard this before. Look, I can give people all the training in the world, but, it, but if their self isn't ready to absorb the information, understand the information, and then use the information, they simply won't do it. So here's what we're going to do. Let's take a closer look at yourself and see what damage has been done over the years and make you aware of that damage. Because once you're aware of the self and what's holding you back, you become more aware. Now you know you need to know what to fix. In other words, you'll know what to fix. See, much like people who've been laying out in the sun, if you lay out in the sun too long, you're going to get sunburned. And the next day you'll know it, right? You're all red and your skin is real sensitive. But have you ever seen people who've been laying out in the sun for years? Haven't been burned, but they've been laying out in the sun for years. But the only way you can tell they've been doing that is because their skin is damaged. Now, the damage didn't happen in one, you know, laying out in the sun. It happened over time. And I think the self is like that. The damage wasn't done in one session. It has been done to you over many years. And many of us suffered from a damaged self. And in the context of selling, we simply aren't aware of how we've been damaged over time. I'm going to give you a specific example. When you tell someone to be their self, there's a huge presumption, a huge presumption that the self is sufficient to accomplish the task at hand. But what again if the self is damaged? 
Would we agree that suggesting to someone to be their self isn't always a good strategy because sometimes the self isn't good enough? Now, when we, would you agree that when you're like two or three years old, you know, the real world programming begins to shape who we are and who we're going to become. In other words, we enter the formative years. And what we hear and what we see during those years will determine to a large extent who our self will be. If we hear positive messages accompanied by acts of nurturing or encouragement, we stand a good chance of surviving childhood intact and becoming a productive member of society. If all we hear then are negative messages, for example, and are reinforced by negative actions, there's a good chance that our adulthood might face a few challenges. See, but life is never binary. It's never good or bad. Good upbringing, bad upbringing. You know, instead, life is loaded with a lot of social conditioning that's found between the extremes of good and bad or black or white, good and evil. Life is about shades of gray. The self-examined self, you, should seek to understand, really try to understand how much of that is gray. Here's what I mean specifically now. As children, you may have been told, quote, unquote, don't talk to strangers. Why? Because there might be danger in doing so. So the danger was never guaranteed, but it could be there. That's what you're told, right? You know, don't talk to strangers, uh, might not go well. This is a perfect example of what I call gray programming. I'll, I'll define gray programming is that advice that's never absolute, it's never black or white, it's never absolute, but it seeks to protect the self and is always biased towards something going wrong. Let me say that again. Statements that are biased towards something going wrong is what we often hear. The bias implied in the don't talk to strangers is that they might hurt you as opposed to help you. So we don't usually see it that way, but it's a negative statement that we learn as children that indirectly tells us not to trust anyone who we don't know personally for fear that they might harm us. So again, leave aside the fact that, you know, if you really think about it, what's ironic is that, that most crimes are committed by people we know or have a relationship with. We're more likely to be killed by a family member or a friend than a complete stranger. But back to my point, the statement, don't talk to strangers, eliminates the possibility that an interaction with a stranger might lead to a positive outcome. Let me say that again. The statement, don't talk to strangers, eliminates the possibility that an interaction with a stranger might lead to a positive outcome. If that were the case, then an interaction with a stranger, you know, you would, again, if your family members really wanted you to talk to strangers, they'd probably say, look, talk to strangers, you never know what might happen. See, that's the positive version of don't talk to strangers talk to strangers, you never know what might happen, but that's not what we're told. You know, it should also be noted that don't talk to strangers. The way it's often said, the intonation, you just know that what your family members are trying to tell you, they're trying to protect you, but what they're also saying is don't talk to strangers. This could go bad. So now imagine that, again, you've, you've, this is being reinforced in you. Don't talk to strangers. It's no wonder people have a fear of talking or starting a conversation with somebody with a stranger because that's what your programming has done. It's no wonder we have a fear of public speaking because if we're told not to talk to a stranger, then, oh my God, imagine the fact we have to talk to a multitude of strangers when we're doing a presentation. So again, this whole programming, don't talk to strangers, holds us back. Imagine knocking on the door of a prospect for the first time, for example. If you just walk up, you can't get the words out because, again, subconsciously, 
Your brain says, don't talk to strangers. It's like driving with the emergency brakes on without you knowing that the brakes are actually applied. So what happens is we don't want to talk to strangers. And immediately what happens is we get nervous. We don't know what to say. We don't know how to say. And maybe this is why many of us aren't good at conversation because we've never talked to strangers. The real test of your ability to start conversations and have a good flow of conversation is to find somebody who you have nothing in common with or know nothing about and then be able to talk to them. This is just one of the negative programmings we have. So when I say, don't be yourself, I am saying to you, that be the opposite of yourself, talk to strangers. Look, when we were kids, don't talk to strangers might have been good advice. But as adult, adults in business, more specifically, adults in selling, the opposite is true. We want to talk to strangers. And one of the things we have to do to be great at sales is that we have to not be ourselves, get rid of that programming, and talk to strangers. Be open, learn how to start conversations. I know it's not easy because you haven't done it in many cases. But keep in mind, that's one of the many negative programming, lines of codes you have in your head that's holding you back from being successful. So keep this in mind. I want you to talk to strangers. I want you to delete the line that says don't talk to strangers from your brain and insert talk to strangers. You may have something good happen. Talk to strangers. You may have a positive outcome. So again, try to rewire that brain. Don't be yourself. Be the opposite of yourself. Talk to strangers. And that is it for the Sales Influence Podcast. And the reason this is important, if I can just add on this little tag. If you don't have your brain right, if you don't allow yourself to be open to different experiences, it doesn't matter how much training you get, you'll never be successful if you can't simply connect and communicate with other people. So again, that's it for this Sales Influence Podcast. Leave me some feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, or YouTube. Let me know what you think. I'd greatly appreciate it. Also, as you know, check out my online sales training platform, the Sales Velocity Academy. More videos, more courses to help you sell faster. Go to salesvelocityacademy.com. Lastly, I want to thank you for listening. This is Victor Antonio always reminding you. Selling ain't hard when you know how. Ha ha. Take care. Hi, I'm Victor Antonio. I'm an author, sales trainer, and keynote speaker. I'm often asked, what makes a great speaker? Is it someone who delivers real content that the audience can use? Is it someone who engages the audience so they're part of the learning experience? Or is it someone who can motivate an audience to push them beyond their comfort zone and discover new abilities? The answer is yes. But the most important thing to remember is that I'm not there to look good. I'm there to make my client look good. Simply put, it's never about me, and it's always about them.